Hey, Young Adulting fam, excited for this episode of the podcast. We had part one of this conversation because we wanted to answer your questions, but you had so many questions, wanted to make sure that we got to them. So we have a part two of a conversation around relationships, and we're really gonna get into it in this episode. And you weren't gonna stick around because they answer questions around sex, dating, like a question that came in, how far is too far? Okay, that's a pretty deep question. We're gonna answer it. We hope that you like this episode. Take notes, tune in, share this with somebody, and hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the conversation. All right, we're about to deep dive a little bit. Uh-oh. Get it. I think we're ready for it. Is it possible that we actually should have pretty good boundaries spiritually and emotionally? Because mm-hmm. maybe go, oh, we're, you know, we're not engaged physically, but they're all, all the cards are forward spiritually, emotionally. Mm-hmm. What does crossing the line maybe look like? What might be too far in that space? The spiritual, you know, the emotional, because that's when the relationship ends. Yeah. The walls have been, you know, so For just sure. speak to that, to the couples are maybe starting to date and they're like, I love Jesus. You love Jesus. Boom. Let's, you know, <laughs> yeah. let's lay hands, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this is great questions. I think the first thing I'd like to hit on, because you just hinted at it and even Chris was hitting at it, is, is this idea of boundaries within a dating relationship. And the best illustration that I've been given for that is actually three hula hoops. So I want you to imagine that there are hula hoops on the ground, which, by the way, I was terrible at hula hoops. Wait, I don't know if you ever, can I draw it? Yes, side it's by like, side. Side by side. So not interlacing, but side by side. Right? Beautiful. Like this? Wow, yeah. artist. Like that. Look, hey, fact check that. Fact check. Joel, how does this look? <laughs> Is this good? Blind, bro. <laughs> See that? Not everybody's watching on YouTube, guys. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay, I just drew right. three awesome, side not so side. awesome circles. Hula hoops. Hula hoops. And you, the one in the middle is empty. And then you have each dating person on the outside hula hoops. That hula hoop represents them. That's their boundary. That's who they are. And I would like to say, we are ridiculously responsible for ourselves, for our actions, for our attitudes. Uh, And so what a relationship looks like is it's actively choosing to have one foot in your own hula hoop and then one foot in the middle hula hoop. And hmm. so you are going to take 100% responsibility of your own choices, of the things that you do, of the, of the things that you're responsible for. But it's also understanding that you are engaging in this relationship that we are both participating in and have boundaries that we need to be responsible for. These things like having a plan uh, and, and our spiritual life, these things like how are we going to do things financially? How are we going to handle things um, sexually? All those things are, are things that we're engaging together in the same hoo-hoo while also maintaining ourselves. So to answer directly your question about these boundaries spiritually and everything on the front end, I think we all need to be mindful of what places itself in which hula hoop. That at the beginning, as we are beginning to enter into relationship, we're not merging our spiritual aspects of our our life, meaning like spiritual responsibilities. So I cannot fob off to my dating partner. They're, you're now responsible for making sure I have a healthy relationship with you. That doesn't work that way. That's in my hula hoop. That's really good. What I can say is I can create an environment in which we speak about spiritual things. We hold each other spiritually accountable. That's we can great. begin to pray for each other. Those, are, But um, they also need people in their lives that they have a foot in their hula hoop to say, hey, there's accountability, there's relationship, there's, there's an inspiration, all those types of things that they need themselves that you cannot fuel because 
Contrary to popular belief, the dating relationship is not omnipotent or omniscient. You can't give everything to a person in this dating relationship or a marriage relationship. And so I just speak first and foremost to boundary. What do you think about that? Yes. Great. (laughs) No, I think that's great. I think practically people are probably wondering, specifically dating or people that are like talking, getting to know each other, like they're going, what is too far spiritually? Mm -hmm. Like, are you saying we can't lay hands on each other and pray for each other? You know, like this seems nitpicky, but I think people are really asking that. Like, is there too far Mm -hmm. spiritual component to a relationship what would you say I mean I would be mindful of I use the caveat what would you have wanted say the relationship doesn't work out you get married to someone else in the future what would you have been comfortable with your spouse um, participating in and engaging in with another person before you so if it if you and and I think you know we can get into jealousy all those types of things but in a healthy aspect of that you want to be mindful that that your relationship is not tying together so much early Mm -hmm. on or even in dating before you're married that that we would say you'd reserve that for really a, a marriage together. Yeah. And so I, is it is it encouraged to pray for each other? 100%. Um, is, it, is it the enmeshment of spiritualities that you would expect from a marriage relationship? I don't think so. I think, you'd, I think there is going to be some healthy boundaries you would place and that you need spiritual mentors to help you right. navigate those boundaries That's in a relationship. That's great. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true with not just like, people we're dating, but even just our friendships in general, right? There is like an enmeshment and an inappropriate level that we could get to and just our like girl to girl friendship or Mm -hmm. guy to guy friendship. And, and that we, we actually have to safeguard all of those relationships. Mm -hmm. It could get weird or inappropriate (laughs) if we step too much in the other person's hula hoop. Like you said, you know, it's, it goes across all spheres, not just dating relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so now turning to the question of too far as far as sexual, I think it's really important that we understand the the nature of sex. That sex was created by God to um, obviously to procreate, but also for the fulfillment of this covenant between a husband and a wife. It's it's was created also to be enjoyed, but there are also some aspects of it. And sex in and of itself is not a physical act. It is emotional, intensely mm-hmm. emotional. It is spiritual. It is relational. And it is covenantal. Mm-hmm. And anytime you take sex out of any one of those contexts, you're going to have problems with it, right? So this is a sex that is, has no emotional aspect to it eventually is going to have issues. And the same thing relationally and the same thing. But, but fundamentally, it was created to be in the aspect and in the context of marriage between a husband and a wife for one lifetime. Um, and we see this biblically as really important to God because he uses this as illustrations for uh, the church's relationship to Christ. So I think that's an important aspect. So when you ask this question, how far is too far? Keeping in mind the purpose and the nature of sex, you'd want to create a boundary and a line that is far enough, like our senior pastors say, that should you, uh, if this is the line of sin, you want to be so far that should you make a mistake or should you have a moment of weakness, you have not crossed that line, right. but there's some some grace that's right there. And I think practically what that looks like is, uh, I would say, if you were... <laughs> 
<laughs> if your body is getting to the place in which it's preparing for sex, it, it's time for a pause and for some a, a moment to step back and to really um, get get your mind right and, and begin to say that that's probably a boundary and to commit those things even ahead of time mm-hmm. before the moment because you need to have these boundaries set before you encroach them so that yes. you don't make any poor choices and learn by mistake, you know. That's great. I I think what you were speaking to around sex being not just like something that happens or like that it doesn't have any emotional tie or connection. Like we've we've made sex casual in our culture and and it's really not. I mm-hmm. I heard a youth pastor say it this way, Forgive me, because it sounds weird, <laughs> but somebody else said it, not me. He said, sex is sticky. Mm-hmm. And that, like, it actually, there is, like, a emotional tie, a, a, a spiritual tie, a physical tie to the person that you are doing this with. Yep. And and that if this is not your person, if this is not who you're, be, who you're married to for the rest of your life, you have now created this bond with mm-hmm. someone that— it may have been just a casual thing, you yeah. know, and that was never the intention. That was mm-hmm. never the hope for you. And I think the question, how far is too far, we say all the time, is just the wrong question, yep. right? Like, because there are so many better questions. Like, how can I make the most, mm-hmm. how can I have the healthiest marriage in the future? Exactly. That's a better question. It's yep. like, mm-hmm. how can you have a healthy marriage in the future? It's like, start sure now by honoring yourself mm-hmm. and honoring your future mm-hmm. spouse. What does that look like? You know, yeah. let's ask those questions. How mm-hmm. can I have a fruitful marriage in my in in my future? You know, those yeah. are so many so much so much better of a question. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise we're we're making these choices based upon our context. Yes. Right? And so we're saying, well, now I'm engaged. Now I'm a week out for the wedding day. Oh, now yeah. I'm, my commitment is higher than anyone else's commitment, yeah. so therefore I can. No, no, no. The, the real question is, how can I, even a week out from this wedding day, set up my marriage to be the best, the greatest? And that is by having a loving relationship with Jesus and mm-hmm. honoring Him in those choices as well. Yeah, and I think whenever we talk about boundaries or or what the Bible says we can't or can do, you know, it gets— it feels legalistic, mm-hmm. right? It feels like, oh gosh, the word of God just confines me and restricts <laughs> me. And and I just want to remind everyone, like the word of God and, and God's plan, perfect plan for our life was yeah. never intended to restrict you. No. It, it was always intended to free us, to give us this full abundant life promised to us if we were, if we do walk in step with his word, if we yeah. do obey his commands. And so I would, I would just remind us that culture is actually restricting us and the word of God is freeing us. That's right. So good. What would you say to the person who's maybe writing this question because they have mm-hmm. and they're, they're wrestling with how does God feel about me? Yeah, you know, what, that's, what's, that's really good. I think one of the most beautiful scenes in the Bible that we see is this moment in which Jesus um, is brought a woman who was in the act of adultery in front of him, and they're trying to cast the stones at him and at her. And, and you know, Jesus has this moment where it's like, you know, those who, um, without sin, throw the first stone. But uh, what I think is the most beautiful thing is when everyone leaves, and it's just this woman and Jesus is talking to her, he says to her, where is your accuser? Mm-hmm. And if there's anyone in the world at that moment who could accuse her, it is the God that created her and is holy. And yet in that moment, he extends to her grace. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't just give her grace. The thing he says is go and sin no more. And I think this holding of both yeah. In which Jesus looks at you immensely and says, there's just a grace. I, I love you. There's nothing 
that can take that away from, you know, I still love you no matter what you've ever done. And I'm going to give you love and grace and strength and, and all that that you need. But also there are choices that you need to make from this point forward to honor that love and to make sure you don't fall into the same mistakes and to make sure that you're living the life that God's called you to live. And so to the individual who may have made this choice before, I would say, when you go to Jesus, the Bible is clear that um, when we ask for forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9, he's both faithful and just to forgive us of right. all our sins. So you're forgiven. You're set, as, soon as, as soon as you surrender that to Jesus and in his eyes, you are justified, um, which is what Romans talks about, which is just as if I'd never done it. It's the way I looked at justified. So I would say he looks at you as pure. He looks at you as brand new, as a new creation in Christ. But then the, the, we now have a choice of the choices we're going to make. So if you're still in a relationship with that person, there's time to make some choices about what boundaries looks like from this point forward, about what a healthy relationship that honors Jesus looks like from this point forward. Yeah, I think that's so great. And just know we love you and mm-hmm. um, and we're praying for you and we want to be here for you as a as a team and a ministry. So if you if you want to process any of that, please send us a DM, reach out to us. We yeah. would love to be here for you. But I think the other piece, like we were talking about before, is like you 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 have a choice now from here to make a decision, but it's it's not just gonna be your own strength that's gonna make sure you don't do it again or that you or if you haven't that you wouldn't make this bad decision, you know, that that like yeah. it's just never enough to manage your behaviors. Mm-hmm. It's not. Like we we're never just gonna have the willpower mm-hmm. to be good. Yep. We're not. Mm-hmm. We need Jesus. <laughs> we we yeah. need the Spirit of God to help us. And so I would just encourage you, like like we talked about in our previous question, was just like you've got to have the willpower and the way power. You need a plan from here. Yep. To, to not do that again. And a huge part of that is is the renewing of your mind, is is God helping you and transforming you and all of us, that, that we all need that every day. And so have a plan because you have choices to make, but also like this would be a great time to lean into the Lord and mm-hmm. and um, in, increase your time with Him in the morning yep. and, and really Great. seek God on this because there's there, it's not all on us. We do have choices to make, but mm-hmm. in our own strength, we're just not able. Correct. Need the Holy Spirit and His power. So great, such great responses. Uh, a lot of people are in their twenties and they feel the pressure of like, I don't have my life figured out. What do I do with the pressure of everyone settling down? Or everyone feel like they have their their thing sketched out, and I just don't feel like I have it figured out. And I feel pressured. Mm-hmm. I feel anxious. I feel like the weight of the world. What do you say to that person who's in that space? Yeah. First of all, <laughs> that I relate that that um, and that being a father has only accentuated that problem. That. Um, that I feel the pressure consistently of time being like sand in my hand that I'm grasping for, but keeps slipping by. Hmm. And I'm actively saying, how can I do all that I can do and all that, and I should be better and, and, and things should be better. Yeah, I, I, even financially, this like, I should be a millionaire by now, right? And then fact checker, I'm just curious if you know, but I, I believe the statistic says that the average millionaire is actually 62 years old. Now, I'll just be honest with you. You got time. I did not think yeah. that. I was like, I was like, look, we got 20-year-old millionaires yeah, out here, yeah. and I can't even get my stuff together. That's what I thought, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's like, I don't know, 3% or 4% are, uh, of, of millionaires are under 35 years old. So it's was like, I need to re- 
refocus and reset my perspective of how I view time in the light and purview of how God views time. Yes. And that not all time is equal, but but also that like we can what we look at as perfect timing isn't always what God looks at as perfect timing then. That we can trust God with every season that we're in and certain seasons prepare us for other seasons and certain season he may not want to give that give us that gift or that thing early on because we're not prepared for it or, or anything like that. So I I think what I've come to realize is um, Proverbs chapter 3 First five that says like trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Amen. That's just kind of been an anchor text for me. That's kind of been like, all right, I don't understand why it's not here right now. I don't understand why I'm not, the, but I'm going to trust God with this. And in the meantime, I'm going to actively follow Him and actively pursue these things. And I would say, in, in the context of dating, you know, sometimes people feel this like, oh, I'm 26. Like you just heard yeah. the statistic of 25. I'm 26 and I don't have the person yet. I would say trust God with that. Trust it with his timing. But, but I would probably be a little bit more concerned with being the type of spouse that I need to be. Um, which looks like a healthy relationship with Jesus, which looks like talking to other spiritual leaders in your life, that grow, which looks like maybe a, a good counselor to help you see some areas in your lives that may be weaknesses and so that you can be better prepared for when that special person or best friend reveals themselves, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's so good. Um, I also am sensitive to the people that have heard that before, right? The like, just trust God mm-hmm. and and work on yourself. And I think, the sentiment is there. It's real. It's yep. true. And really, all of us should should do that. Trust God and work on ourselves. Married, <laughs> single, dating, whatever. That's great advice for all of us. But I do think there are some people that are going like, work on myself. Like it, it could imply like that there's something wrong with you. Like that there that you feel like you're deficient or haven't got to the place for God to bring that person to you. Or you just like you you haven't prepared yourself enough or whatever the lies the enemy are trying to throw at you mm-hmm. specifically around why you haven't got to where you feel like you should be. And I just want to encourage anyone feeling that way you are not lacking anything that you are right where you need to be that there you're not messed up you're not a mistake god is not withholding a good thing from you um and and i just want to encourage you in that because i know a lot of people have found themselves feeling that way and it's just not true that's exactly what the enemy wants you to believe about yourself but it is not what god thinks about you you were talking about god's timing and that god's god is always on time and i was thinking about um the story of lazarus when he Mm. when he dies and um and and mary thinks jesus is late yeah. to come and, and heal him because Lazarus is already dead in the tomb mm-hmm. and Jesus actually waits before he comes and Mary's like mad at Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's like, she's like, if you had just been here, like you should have mm-hmm. been here implying you're late. You're late, yeah. God. Like, and I think a lot of us have felt that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, God, you're late, mm-hmm. but God perfectly fix the situation, right? <laughs> Raises Lazarus from the dead and and that he was not confined to time, yeah. right? Time is not a problem for God. And he's actually never late because time is at is under his authority. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so it's so interesting that we think like God's late or the timing's wrong. Um, but life is not linear like we think yeah. it is. And you know, so many of us are caught in this trap, myself included, of thinking like there are steps forward that I need to take mm-hmm. in my life. And it's this upward process of going I'm going to go to college and then I'm going to get engaged and then I'm going to get married. I'm going to get the job. I'm going to 
have the kids. I'm going to do, you know, like we think that life is this linear process, but the truth is that's just not the truth, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, how many road bumps or curveballs or U-turns mm-hmm. has your life taken, Jonathan? Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> too many, <laughs> too many yeah. that are just, it's just not linear. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not supposed to be that way. We've mm-hmm. come up with the myth that life should be that way, yeah. um, but, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. No, and what I really like about that text is you see a couple things in there. You, you see, first of all, that I think it's reasonable that she's frustrated because totally. Lazarus was Jesus's like best friend, mm-hmm. one of Jesus's best friend. And if you're like, you assume things about the nature of God in that moment. Did you not care? Mm. Did you not want to be here? I thought you were loving. Yep. Where are you when I needed you? And so I think it's okay to feel those types of emotions and those types of um, desires for God to intervene and step into. But yeah. what I love about all that is ultimately He allowed all of this for His glory. Yep. That all of it was so that people could celebrate and worship God even more because of the power. Love it. And then the aspect of, is He did something she never even imagined could have been done, right? Like where this, where he raises someone up from the dead who yeah. has, you know, who's wrapped up in a tomb. And eventually what we see in the storyline of Jesus is this is actually a significant aspect in which this is the thing that sets the Pharisees off, that it would eventually cause Jesus to be crucified. And we see that this is a critical aspect of that, all wrapped in one microcosm, of a story in which we think that Jesus is late. And I would just say that what God is doing in your life is greater than just this one aspect. And and that's not minimizing it. That is just recognizing that there are a lot of things that God is seeing in your life and playing and producing and developing. And He will get the glory in the end of it. And you just have to trust His timing and the process of it. I love it. Mm -hmm. But you said microcosm. I'm going to need a fact checker. um, Could you get the definition of that? (laughs) This is great. Learning new words, learning new things, talking about relationships. This is season two. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.